The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. On this podcast, we talk about all things running, mental health, relationships, situationships, friendships, all kinds of ships. And so I'm so excited to have you here for this episode today. Today's episode will be kicking off my series for training for the London Marathon. So I really am excited and hope you enjoy this one. So before we get started, I just wanted to share a quick little life update. So by the time that this episode is released, I'll be about six days out from running my first in-person race in nearly a year. I think it'll actually be something like seven to eight months, so nothing drastic, but I'm really excited because I just really miss the race environment. And it's just a half marathon here in London, and I'm just really excited to kind of be around people again and obviously safely with COVID precautions still here. But I'm just really excited to share that experience, and that'll actually be next week's episode, what that experience was like, and just kind of recapping everything and also kind of outlining, you know, whether or not my training has been working out and what my plans are going into marathon training because that's also starting soon. That will actually start on the 31st of May, so about two days after my race, and it's an 18-week training period, and I am so, so excited to take you guys along that journey and just document it. And yeah, I just wanted to quickly share about that because we're definitely getting close to the end of May. And like I've said, Many times before, I will be capturing and documenting a lot of these experiences via TikTok and Instagram Reels, as well as another challenge that I am I'm like half committed to. I'm I am actually pretty committed to, but it'll take place on the 5th of June and I'm not going to say too much about it yet, but I will just let you know that it's very similar to the Goggins challenge. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go and listen to it. I'll have it linked in the show notes, but if you listen to the end of this episode, I'll definitely share more details around this challenge. <laughs> All right, so now getting into the bulk of today's episode, and I've been so excited to create this episode, and it's finally time, but I am preparing for my training for the London Marathon 2021, October 3rd. I am absolutely stoked. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know about a previous episode that I've done a few months back now all around how I prepared for my very first marathon, having never done a marathon before. So the London Marathon will be my second marathon, but if you want to listen to that episode, I'll have it linked in the show notes as well. But that one was pretty popular just because that one felt a lot more like a newbie and I was a total newbie to distance running in itself. And just a lot of my thoughts, a lot of my experiences and kind 
kind of reactions to the realities of training for a marathon. And so I'm excited to create this episode because I feel like I've gathered a lot more knowledge and I know how my body reacts to certain nutrition and certain, I like I know what works best for me now. And so I, I'm excited to kind of share what my plans are going into this training season and what I'm going to be keeping from my training last year and what I'll be kind of changing and just, you know, different sorts of habits and elements to it. So I'm really excited to get started. So there's five areas that I want to cover in kind of discussing this and how I'll be tackling marathon training for my second time. And so the first area that I'm going to start with is gear. And this is totally crucial to having a successful training season. I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but I think it's so important if you have the ability and opportunity to go and find a running store near you or somewhere where you would be able to run on a treadmill or have someone watch you walk or run so that they can help properly fit you. I think it's so important not to just kind of go for a shoe just because you like the look of it, but to really think about what's going to best support your feet because the amount of mileage that you'll be taking on is probably going to be a lot Lot more than you're used to if this is your first time marathon training and I was relying on shoes that I had been fitted for for like half marathon training and when I'm looking back at that experience it took me a while but I finally got around to going to a store again and being fit for shoes that would support me better in my distance running especially for a marathon and so I really felt that difference when I switched shoes and I'm not kind of like a brand loyalty person but I've I've gone through a couple of different brands and pairs and so I think it's just whatever fits you best and whatever will help support your feet best because at the end of the day those are what are going to be getting you to the finish line and there are going to be injuries that you want to prevent there's going to be strains and you're going to have sore muscles but I really do think that shoes make all the difference another element of gear that I can speak to so if you're a girl listening then keep listening and if you're a guy then maybe you can skip ahead because this may not pertain to you, but I think it's also really important to invest in sports bras, especially if you have a bigger chest. Just going for that longer mileage, you really need to make sure that you're feeling supported. And then kind of going along with that, it's really important to have something like Vaseline or anti-chafing type things, especially for that chest area. It's something that I totally did not know about. And then as I started to increase my mileage, I started to notice how much it hurt up in that area. And so just be sure and like this goes for shorts as well just like protecting your thighs but like I think just being prepared with things like those for the longer mileages will just really help you in the long run and help protect your skin. Next up is headphones and this is so important to me as someone who really heavily relies on music and kind of running to the beat of music when I'm doing longer distance running but if you are not someone that likes to listen to music or podcasts and if you're someone that could freely run without headphones then I aspire to be you but if not I really would recommend um, either investing in headphones or just having headphones available I have airpods as well as wire headphones like the ones that come with an iphone and so I think the wire headphones are really important when you start getting into your higher mileages like anything I think from 17 miles and above you probably want to go for the wired headphones just because airpods can run out of battery quite easily and I am not the 
fastest runner. So I do take my time on some of those longer runs and those really start to get into hours uh, in terms of just how long it takes you to complete those runs. And so I think just making sure that you're not in the middle of your long run and having your battery die and just kind of losing that motivation and making sure that you're actually well equipped and you're ready to go is really important. In terms of accessories, I'm just kind of looking at this shelf I have of random little miscellaneous things that I have for running specifically, but things like hats and obviously also just including sunscreen, especially as we're getting into those summer months and making sure that we're well protected, as well as little like fanny packs and like things to wear around your waist when you're running to make sure that you can carry things like keys or gels or nutrition type things. And then kind of touching and going into that nutrition piece, obviously obviously like water bottles that you can fit around your hand so that you're not necessarily having to carry something, but something that kind of just wraps around your hand or fits around your hand is really helpful. And then if you're doing some of those longer runs, then I would highly recommend having things like a hydration backpack that you can fit a lot more water into than just those smaller handheld water bottles. And just to make sure that you're always hydrated, because I think that that can play such a huge role in your ability to continue in your runs and just keep going. And then for those that are more of the evening type or night runners, I have things on my shelf such as a fluorescent band that kind of velcros around my ankle and then that kind of in pair with my fluorescent raincoat that I was wearing during my Goggins challenge was really helpful if you're running super late at night just to make sure that people do see you. I also do have a headlamp and my mom gave this to me and I'm really glad that she did because I'm definitely going to be using it in this challenge that I'm going to be telling you at the end of this episode. But if you tend to run at night, I highly recommend getting reflective gear and just making sure that you are being as safe as possible. Okay, so now we're diverting into number two on the list of things that I want to talk about for how I'm preparing. I hope that you like these little music montages slash transitions. I've just been trying to mix it up a bit with the podcast, but this next section will be all about the training schedule itself and how I'm going to be fitting that in along with a full-time job and along with like my life essentially. So the training plan that I will be following this year is different to last year. I think that I found the one last year on a site called runnersworld.org or .com. I'm not sure. I'll leave a link in the show notes, but that was a really great site because you could kind of find plans along with what pace you run at, and that really helped me last year and just kind of that first experience. But this year, I am running with Boston Children's Hospital as a charity fundraiser. I will leave a link in the show notes, as I've mentioned so many times before, because I am fundraising for them and I still have a long ways to go, but we get coaches as a part of being on the team, and they just recently came out with these plans. So they came out with a beginner's plan as well as a more advanced plan. And so I think I'm going to go with the advanced plan just as this is my second marathon. And I've kind of just been distance running in general in between last year's marathon and kind of preparing for this one. And as I'm looking through kind of the 18 weeks, I think the highest mileage that it gets to during the week is eight miles, which at the moment isn't too bad for me. And then weekends, you kind of have weekends to do some of those 
those longer runs. And so the longest run on this plan is 21 miles. And one of the mistakes that I made um, my first time around was I thought that when you were training for a marathon that you were supposed to get pretty close in mileage to 26 miles. And I kid you not, there was a point where I did run 25 miles in London and it was insane, but you're definitely actually not supposed to do that. And I think if you can get yourself to run 20 miles, if not like 18, I'm pretty sure you can run 26. And so I think that that's kind of a lot more of a healthy approach to it. And I think if you think about it, especially if you can get yourself to 20 miles, then it really is just an additional 10K sort of six mile run. And so, yeah, I think in terms of just weekends though, I definitely do devote my weekends essentially to my longer runs. And that's just kind of what's worked for me. And I think I've kind of developed that habit over the years, but that may be something that's new for people that are new to marathon training. I think I saw a meme somewhere on a running memes page that was someone asking a runner what they were doing for their weekend. And they were saying, well, I've got this long run and then I'm going to spend the rest of the weekend recovering from that long run. And just in terms of talking about recovery really quick, I think one of the mistakes as well that I made in terms of going on those longer runs and not really focusing on my recovery, electrolytes are so crucial and so important. And I think not only just drinking them during your run, but after as well, and making sure that you're getting enough carbohydrates pre, during, post, and just making sure that your body is okay and kind of giving it the opportunity to recover is so important. Otherwise, I can't really describe the feeling, but I've definitely felt it before where I go on a really long run and I genuinely feel like it feels like a hungover feeling almost. And I just don't really feel like I can do much for the rest of the weekend. But I know that that's also kind of just a normal feeling that a lot of runners get just after their longer runs. And I'll speak more about this in the next kind of thing on my list in terms of just recovery and preventing injuries. But before I move on to that topic, I just want to talk about cross training as well, because that's a big part of marathon training schedules, just making sure that you're not always running or only doing runs. And last year I did a lot of HIIT workouts. So I don't know if you've heard of Sarah's day, but I went through both of her Sweat It to Shred It weeks one through eight and then Sweat It Reload weeks eight through 16. And so that actually perfectly went along with the 16-week training plan that I was following for my marathon training. And I really enjoyed that because it got my body moving in different ways. But I'm finding that this year, I'm not really as into HIIT workouts as I used to be. And I've been kind of trying to get back into them lately, but I'm just not feeling it. And weirdly enough, I've just really had such an inkling to swim again. And when I was about 10 years old, I think I was swimming on a club team in California and I was apparently a very good swimmer and I still remember all my strokes. And I think I'm just really looking to get back into the pool. And I know that swimming is so good for you. And I know that one day after the the London marathon, I really do want to try and do a triathlon. That's my next kind of goal on the list. But yeah, So I quite literally just ordered a bunch of swimming gear. So like a suit, goggles, a swimming cap, and sweats obviously to walk to and from the pool because it does get cold. But I'm definitely going to start kind of getting back into the pool this coming week. And then hopefully I can kind of just start it along with my training schedule when I started on the 31st. 
All right, so kind of continuing along that injury prevention and recovery train that we were just on in the previous one, I did go to Instagram stories for the podcast previous to recording this just to see if there were any questions that people had around preparing for marathon training. And something that I got and have gotten before kind of over the past year is how you prevent injuries, especially when training for a marathon. And I think this is a really tough question just because I'm definitely very injury prone. I haven't had very many serious injuries, but I am definitely someone who rolls her ankle quite often and just gets a lot of different strains and muscle soreness quite easily. And I've definitely become a lot better at stretching. And that was something that was so important, especially in my David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge. And just running that frequently is definitely just really important to be stretching after each of those runs. But I would definitely be lying if I said that the answer to all of this is just to stretch more and I think it's just kind of unrealistic and kind of a really hard thing especially if you are like a student or you work a full-time job and you have this like window of time to go and work out and sometimes you kind of don't really factor in time for stretching or you just want to quickly rush to the showers and you want to get ready for work or if you're doing this in the evening you want to go home you want to eat dinner you want to relax and I am trying really hard to stretch more. And I think that this is also why I'm incorporating swimming into my marathon training this year. But I think like A, stretching is so important. And if you can implement that, try and implement that. And I know that there are different stretching routines and regimens that you can follow. There are great videos on YouTube that I've definitely followed. But yeah, I think if you're kind of in that space where you're looking for a second workout to kind of incorporate along with running, I think looking at things like yoga or bar or like just low intensity workouts that really get you to stretch and work different parts of your body can be really important in helping kind of provide some sort of movement and just utilizing some of those muscle groups and areas that you don't typically use when you're running. And I think that in the long run, it's just really good for your overall endurance and strength. And so I think that that's just a massive part of injury prevention and just making sure that you are staying safe. Another big part of recovery for me is definitely foam rolling and foam rolling my shins especially and that may sound super weird but in addition to foam rolling your hamstrings and your quads I think a big part of running is preventing shin splints. I know that that's something that I really struggled with during marathon training last year and as painful as it is foam rolling your shins actually really really helps with shin splints and I mean that may not work for someone else but that's just what worked for me and I know that some people also use Theraguns, but I have yet to dish out money for something like that. But honestly, we'll see how my body reacts to marathon training round two. But I think in addition to stretching, just making sure that you're rolling out and kind of taking care of some of those muscle groups too. And now quickly, let's just talk about what happens when you do get injured. And so something that has occurred frequently before is that I either roll my ankle and my ankles are really weirdly flexible 
flexible because I rolled them a ton when I used to play soccer, but also I tend to get strains in my Achilles. And so my kind of go-to methods are A, obviously the rice method. So icing it, elevating it, and doing all sorts of stuff like that. And then I totally forget the acronyms and what everything stands for. But also I use Chinese herbal medicine and this is something that my mom kind of taught me. And so I have a bunch of different oils. So one of them is a Honghua oil and there are other things like patches that I put on my injury kind of areas that have, I think, oils within them that help with those um, muscle aches and pains. And so again, this is just kind of what's worked for me and it might be different for someone else, but this is kind of how I treat any injuries that I get while running as well as obviously kind of toning down the mileage if not taking a break for a few days and just making sure that you're giving your body time to properly rest. All right, so I've already touched on this a bit, but the next thing we're going to talk about is nutrition. So this is super vital and not just while you're running, but what you're doing when you're not running, I think is so important in your overall success for marathon training. And I'll just quickly use an example. So I was talking to my dad the other day on FaceTime and he's actually also training for a marathon at the moment and it's his first time and he was talking to me about how he was trying to do some of these longer runs and he kind of hits a wall like at mile 12 or something where he just loses energy and just feels really drained and his legs feel really heavy. And that's where I think it's just so important to make sure that you're including the right nutrition. And so I think within your marathon training, it's a really great time and obviously a long period of time that you can be kind of trying different sorts of nutrition. There's things like gels or chewies or powders and just the list goes on and you know, you kind of figure out what works best for your body and what helps you the most. And then you can kind of factor in at what points during your longer runs that you're taking those gels. And something for me that I've recently discovered is runner's pre-workout. I think I found it on Amazon. I'll link it below. I'm not sure if it's only for Amazon UK, but it has been an absolute godsend. And it also includes things like carbohydrates and electrolytes. So it's really great. And it's not just purely pre-workout. And so I think it's just really important important to have elements like that within your nutrition during your runs to help replenish your body because your body is burning so many calories while you're running these longer distances. So I think it's just really important to kind of support your body and keep it going and fueled. Now let's talk about nutrition when you're not running and this is where it may get a bit controversial or you know people just may not agree with me but again this is just what works for me and what agrees with my body. You know whether it's an off day or whether it's just your afternoons or evenings when you're not running and you're kind of in more social settings. So things that really help me is A, eating really clean. And I'm not like a stickler for like counting calories or tracking macros or anything. I just really like to eat real foods and make sure that they make me feel good and just kind of stay away from processed foods. I don't necessarily like to label myself with diet types, but I think if I had to, I think I probably most closely follow a paleo-based diet. So eating like meats, vegetables, potatoes, fruits, 
that sort of a thing, you know, nuts and beans and, you know, all that good stuff, just whole foods that make you feel good. I don't eat dairy because I am lactose intolerant, so I already stay away from dairy for that reason. But again, just kind of staying away from the more processed foods and trying to feed myself with more clean foods. Kind of later along the line, somewhere in this 18-week period, I'll definitely do an episode all around like what a week looks like for me in terms of just nutrition and what I'm eating during the week when I am training for a marathon. And I will definitely also be documenting my runs, obviously on TikTok and Instagram reels like I've talked about, but that'll also kind of include what I'm eating prior and also post-run. So another element to the nutritional aspect of my marathon training is that I won't be drinking any alcohol for 18 weeks. And I practiced this last year during my marathon training, but that was kind of unintentional just because that was kind of like an overall break for six months from alcohol. And so I think that definitely has helped me and my relationship with alcohol. And if you're interested in hearing more about that, I've done episodes on it before. And so I'll leave them linked in the show notes. But I think this is just a really good thing to practice sometime during the year, just taking a good amount of time of like a break from alcohol. And just, you know, I think There's so much around in the media around, you know, you need to have alcohol to have a good time, but that's just really not the truth. And I don't want to sound like that person, but I think especially in seeing how much my body can really improve and how much it has improved in terms of just like mile times and just the ability to run faster and feel a lot more energized, I like drastically notice how much alcohol affects me and I really don't drink that much at the moment. I drink like in moderation and so even after a night of having like one or two drinks, I notice how much it affects my sleep, how much it affects my running and so I think that that's just something that I don't need to be holding me back in this training period and so I'll definitely be talking about that a lot more and I'll probably do a whole episode on that because that is something that I really truly believe in and so I think that it's something that a lot of people may not agree with, but I think that this is just something, again, that works for me. All right, this is the final part of the episode, and this is just the last thing that I'll hit on. So I've said it a zillion times at this point, how I'm going to be documenting everything for the 18 weeks on TikTok and Instagram Reels, but I kind of just wanted to go into a bit of detail, and so I... I'm quite literally going to be TikToking and kind of filming myself every day that I am running or working out and doing something on the training schedule. And I just really want to share and document all of the experiences, all of the emotions. And so I'm going to be kind of going into it just with the notion that like, I just really want to show a more realistic aspect into training as someone who does distance running, but is not like professional by any means. And so just kind of showing my little, you know, tricks and what works for me and whether it be nutrition, whether it be how I wake up earlier and that sort of a thing. And so I'm really excited to do that. And I know that it will also be something that will be maybe a little bit harder for me because it's definitely a vulnerable thing to put yourself on the internet like that as often as I'm planning on. But I will, I definitely will be documenting a lot of this without makeup, obviously, because a lot of it will be around my running. So I did purchase a ring light and this is something that I never thought I would do at 25 years old but you know if I'm gonna be 
you know, rolling out of bed and documenting this. I will hope to have some sort of help in my appearance, but I'm really excited and I will leave links below if you want to follow me along that journey and see those kind of live updates as I upload them. I'll probably be uploading almost daily for the 18 weeks, so I'm just really excited and would hope that you would join me on that journey. And before I forget, don't think that I forgot. Um, I will just share really quick about this challenge that is occurring on June 5th and I'm just putting it out into the universe that I am going to do it, but it is running one mile every hour for 24 hours. And again, I'm doing this to fundraise and raise awareness around Boston Children's Hospital. And so I'm hoping that that really helps me in my fundraising journey, but also just in raising awareness and just help to, yeah, obviously it'll be a definitely a hard, hard challenge. And I think I heard about this challenge after I completed the David Goggins challenge. And so I think having gone through the Goggins challenge, I think that I definitely learned things from that challenge that I can carry into this one, but I'm definitely excited to do it. But I'm going to, again, do a whole episode on this. And I'm not sure if I'm going to like document my little snippets of experience each time, just because I'll have a shorter time span to do so. But I will definitely be documenting it on TikTok and Instagram Reels, and I'm just really excited, but I'll definitely be starting to post about that soon, so be on the lookout for that. And again, if you can donate, please do. There'll be a link in the show notes below. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up the first episode in this series of my training for the London Marathon. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the podcast. And like I said, I'll have a link and a bunch of other links for things mentioned in this episode. But if you are interested in donating to Boston Children's Hospital, that is the team that I'm running on for the London Marathon. And so I would love if you would consider donating or just sharing that page. But I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.